Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, May 2nd. Happy May, everyone. 2022 sure is flying by fast. So at the end of last week, I had my first flight without a mask on since February 2020, you know, before the world shut down essentially there. Uh, I'd say it was about 10 to 15% of people at the airport were still wearing masks, which is honestly what I expected to see there. So no surprises on that on my end. Uh, I was traveling to Southwest Florida to moderate a panel at the Mass Travel Conference, which went really well. Uh, great insights on the industry shared to travel advisors. It was great being in person and making new connections. So it's what the industry needs now and moving forward. Love to see it. So uh, if you have kids or grandkids out there, you most likely know the nursery rhyme song, The More We Get Together. My two-year-old absolutely loves watching Coco Melon, and that song has been stuck on my head for days, but it certainly applies to the travel industry. The more we get together, the happier we'll be, right? So I'm looking forward to more conferences later on in the year. If you're going to be at any, drop me a line. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email. You can reach out. You can also contact me personally, ebowman at TravelPulse.com. So we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking some big travel news, destination stuff, cruise news as well. And later on in the show, I'll be interviewing Roger Dow, CEO of the U.S. Travel Association. Roger and I will dive into the state of U.S. travel and tourism right now, which destinations are hot, what's not, and uh, so much more on that. But first, before we do that, as we do in every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's go ahead and dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with National Travel and Tourism Week, which is this week, May 1st to the 7th here. The, the theme this year is the future of travel. So we'll talk more about U.S. travel trends with Roger Dow. But on a global scale, you know, the trends shaping travel now and in the future are a few of these are the following here. We got the workcation and leisure. You know, mixing your business and your uh, leisure travel all in one. So that's going to a trend that is going to continue to take off uh, past the pandemic once we get past all of this. So we've got also got revenge travel is another one. People finally venturing out to the destinations that were on their list for 2020 or 2021, but they didn't feel comfortable traveling to. So now they're going to do that and you know they're going to spend more. They're going to go longer. Uh, pet travel is actually also increasing too. People bringing their pets. You've seen a lot more hotels advertising, hey, bring your pets. They can stay here. They're welcome here. Sustainability is also a big one. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on the Eco Travel Show uh, episode that I did. That's something that the industry needs to hold tight and keep a focus on moving forward for sure. Also, um, travel mobility, you know, high speed rail, supersonic jets, uh, more investment in infrastructure is coming along too for the travel industry. So, that is a future uh, travel trend there too. All inclusive resorts are booming right now. Nearly 80% of American travelers think that an all inclusive vacation is the least stressful way to travel. So, that is huge right there. That's something that obviously was a huge focal point for anyone that did decide to travel over the last two years once places started opening up. Mexico and the Caribbean, you know, you had uh, no really restrictions to get into Mexico and a few here and there, depending on which Caribbean destinations you went to and when you went to them. Uh, everyone's still dealing with the having to test to come back into the U.S., but, you know, all-inclusive resorts are going to continue to boom. You've got big brands jumping into that too, Hyatt, Marriott, Hilton, all of them want a, a taste of that uh, green dough, if you will. A lot of money to be made, um, and that is a lot of money being spent on all-inclusives too. So more to come on all-inclusives moving forward in 2022 and beyond. Another one here on the, the trends shaping travel right now is cryptocurrency. More and more travelers want to be able to pay using cryptocurrency, and more and more destinations are adding the ability uh, for consumers to be able to pay that using crypto uh, or the ability to access uh, crypto ATMs. So I'm not a, uh, an expert by any means on cryptocurrency. I, I 
it's one of those things where like, man, I really should invest some time to like study up a bit more because I feel like, you know, 10 years from now, I don't want to be looking back and going, man, I really should have done that kind of thing. But, you know, but it's something that is certainly interesting. You know, it's nice to see a lot of destinations, you know, catering to that because that is what people want. You know, there was a a survey that uh, Airbnb actually did that was like, what do you most want? And then one of the top answers was they want to be able to pay in crypto. So uh, consumers do. So that is something that's not going to go away. It's only going to continue to get bigger in the industry. So I think everyone needs to kind of take shape of that and and find where they fit into that sector there because it's something uh, that is going to continue to be a storyline in travel in the, the future of travel. And lastly, rounding out the top trend here of the future of travel is the value of a travel advisor. It's never been more important to work with a trusted travel advisor to book your vacations. They'll always have your back in the event something goes wrong and they'll help you secure the best deals out there. You guys know I, I do this every week. I, I love travel advisors and you guys really, if you're not, if you're a consumer out there and listening and you've never worked with a travel advisor, I strongly, strongly urge you to find yourself a trusted travel advisor that you can lean on in these times because it, uh, booking vacations, if you want the ease of booking vacations, you got to you got to do it with a travel advisor. Speaking of travel advisors, this week is also a big week for them too. It's National Travel and Tourism Week, so they're celebrating that. But we're also going to celebrate travel advisors and show our appreciation for and honor travel advisors as May 4th is Global Travel Advisor Day. Lots of great deals and incentives too for our travel advisor listeners out there. Um, coming in this week from a lot of suppliers. Um, just a few to note real quick. AMR Collection, ALG Vacations, Riviera River Cruises, Scenic Group, Hurdigurton, Pleasant Holidays, and Colette, just to name a few that have put out info on deals and incentives for travel advisors. More to come as more releases will be uh, dropping later this week. So be on the lookout uh, later this week, probably on Wednesday on May 4th is um, the advisor day. So we'll have a post up on the uh, full roundup of deals dropping on Travel Pulse later this week that you're definitely going to want to check out. If you're listening to this later in the week, be sure to subscribe to the show so you can get a notification when the show pops up and is posted. And moving on to destination news now, top travel advisories that were announced in April include the Bahamas, Egypt, Japan, Greece, Thailand, and several more. There were a lot of travel advisories announced over through April. So you can check out the full updates on travelpulse.com. We've got a nice roundup highlighting the key ones that you need to know for April. And speaking of Thailand, though, Thailand is now open starting May 1st. It's uh, now open with no COVID testing, no quarantine requirements for vaccinated travelers. Love to see that more and more destinations reopening and dropping some restrictions. You know, we're inching closer and closer to getting to no restrictions, period, in all of travel. And that that is going to be a beautiful day when we can say that, hey, you can you can go wherever you want to go in the world again. Um, no restrictions in place, uh, no COVID restrictions in place, we should say, because there are certainly, you know, things beyond COVID that will prevent people from traveling to places. Obviously, no one's going to Russia right now because there's a war going on. So uh, in other destination news, you know, Fiji eliminate, eliminated a pre-travel COVID-19 testing requirements for vaccinated visitors. Love to see that another destination there. Uh, Europe, though, is going to be applying a new entry fee to travelers from visa fee, visa-free countries. Excuse me. Uh, by May 2023, the European Travel Information and Authorization System will implement mandatory registration for international visitors and begin charging a fee of about $7.40 U.S. Uh, to foreign travelers to visit most European countries. Uh, travelers will be required to register their information and answer a few background questions through an online portal, then await authorization prior to departing for their destination. The approval process should only take a few minutes unless you've got you know, something wrong on your background check or anything like that. Then it's going to obviously be a longer process, but it should be pretty self-explanatory uh, there. It should be pretty easy 
for once you get going on that mix. And I have no issues with this. I'm fine with any destination charging a entry fee or a tax on that, provided they're using that money for good and doing good things, especially on the sustainability front and trying to uh, make travel more eco-friendly. So um, European destinations, though, are growing among Google searches. Recent data shows that the uh, what Google search is uh, telling us about summer travel. And uh, five of the top 20 destinations that people are searching for the most, five of those are uh, belong to European cities, Paris, London, Rome, Athens, and Lisbon. Um, so Europe, obviously high on a lot of people's wish lists. You know, the, the war there is impacting some slightly in decisions, but by and large, people are still interested and they want to know when they can go and they want to know where it's safe to go and all that. So again, work with a travel advisor and they're going to guide you in the right direction on which places are best for you right now. Uh, search queries also on Google for beaches and islands jumped 27% in the first quarter compared to the same period in 2019. The study also found that uh, searches for passports online jumped up uh, 80%, and queries for travel insurance doubled, and vacation rental queries spiked 37%, and all of this is uh, compared to pre-pandemic totals. So people are starved for travel, and they are searching for it on the old World Wide Web there checking out Google for what they can uh, find and deal with. So again, if you're a huge Google, you know, searcher for all these different things and travel, make sure you work with a travel advisor after you see something like, hey, I found this deal to a travel advisor. And, you know, they can kind of help guide you whether that's a good resort or, you know, maybe you find an awesome flight deal on Google Flights, which happens all the time. But, you know, where are you going to stay? What are you going to do when you get there? That travel advisor is going to be able to help you out in that regard. And over in cruise news, the Cruise Lines International Association shared data on how the cruise industry is sailing toward a better future. Quote, as the industry resumes operations, passenger volume is expected to recover and surpass 2019 levels by the end of 2023, with passenger volumes projected to recover 12% above pre-pandemic levels by the end of 2026, end quote. And that is a statement from CLIA president and CEO Kelly Craighead. Uh, she made at the Sea Trade Cruise Global uh, conference that was last week in Miami. So uh, some, they also had dropped some some of this data here. Highlights of that consumer research include the uh, intent to cruise is rebounding with 63% of cruisers or potential cruisers indicating that they are very likely or likely to cruise in the next two years. 69% of respondents that have never cruised said that they are open to taking a cruise, exceeding pre-pandemic levels. Great to see that. Millennial cruisers are the most enthusiastic about taking another cruise, with 87% indicating they will take a cruise in the next few years, followed by Gen X at 85%. CLIA also announced a commitment by ocean-going members to pursue net-zero carbon cruising by 2050, and they also shared that they will join the Global Maritime Forum call to action for shipping decarbonization to make zero emission vessels and fuels the default choice by 2030. So I know cruising gets a lot of flack for various different reasons. Uh, people think it's a petri dish or whatever, which is totally false. A lot of people who say that have never actually been on a cruise. But, you know, there is some hard data right there that shows you that the cruise industry is very serious about moving forward in the right direction and the right paths and making sure that they create a sustainable business model here moving forward. And they're, they're, they're focused on that. And I think that is huge for the cruise industry and is only going to make things better for them and their businesses moving forward. So in other travel news out there, we're going to wrap what's trending up. We're going to wrap it up with air travel and Spirit Airlines this morning here rejected a takeover bid by JetBlue Airways. So they are going to be going with uh, Frontier. This despite an enhanced offer from JetBlue, actually. So Spirit's going to be moving forward with the merger on Frontier. Um, Spirit said that they don't believe that the offer from JetBlue would survive scrutiny from the Department of Justice and other government regulators. So um, I, I'm not too surprised there. I thought Frontier was the better play 
all along. I know JetBlue is offering more money, but it's not always about more money, you know? So I think the, that's a, a good blend here. We'll see if it actually happens. I know that there was, you know, um, some potential um, queries about this of whether or not this was a good thing to do, whether or not it would get approved and all that with Spirit and Frontier. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out in, in the coming year. But certainly, you know, good to know that Spirit's made a decision, I guess, if you will, and moving forward with, with Frontier and um, who knows, maybe there'll be like an even an 11th hour, uh, another push from another airline. Wouldn't that be crazy? Shake things really up. And in other air news, uh, the Transportation Security Administration, better known as the TSA by a, a lot of us out there, uh, Friday celebrated the 20th anniversary of the first airport security checkpoint in the nation. Wow, 20 years of the TSA. Created in the wake of the September 11th, 2001, obviously, the 9-11 attacks there. The TSA was established in November of that year. And then on April 30th, 2002, it officially established its first checkpoint at the Baltimore-Washington International Airport. And ever since then, they have been making people wait a long, long time to get through to the, your gate. But hey, it's all it's all needed and it's all necessary. And they're actually pouring in millions, I think billions actually, of dollars to um, make it a better process for everything they're going to be putting in new machines you know you're not gonna have to take your uh, laptop out of your bag uh, which i actually have done several times at the atlanta airport shout out to going through the international terminal over there Uh, i do that whether i travel internationally or domestically because it's so much faster to go through that it's my home base airport and they only have one machine Uh, they might have two but it's usually only one that's open um of that new machine where you don't have to take your laptop out and i love that and i cannot wait for that to be like a system-wide thing nationwide just everywhere no longer have to take my laptop out. Uh, I prefer to keep my shoes on too. You know, obviously I can do all this for you. you. Many of you listening are like, I'm already on pre-check. Why is he not on pre-check? And I know I need to get there, but whatever. <laughs> I digress. Uh, but 20 years of the TSA, let me know a podcast at travelpulse.com. If you've had any wild TSA experiences, I know they um, have their fair share of naughty passengers that they stop and prevent, um, which is great. So they're very needed. I know I, I teased and joked here in there, but uh, TSA is very much needed and they do great work. I have some friends actually who work for TSA, so they do good stuff. That wraps up what is trending in the world of travel. Any additional thoughts, you know the email. It's podcast at travelpulse.com. Give me a shout. So that, let's jump on over to our interview segment of the show today. And now joining me on the podcast is Roger Dow, CEO of U.S. Travel Association. Thank you so much for joining, Roger. How are you doing this morning? Oh, great. Great to be with you, Eric. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is a big week in travel. Happy National Travel and Tourism Week, everyone. So, Roger, can you just uh, take us into the behind the scenes of all that goes into making this a great week for the travel industry? Well, every year we celebrate what we call National Travel and Tourism Week. Uh, The past two years, of course, it hasn't been much of a celebration. It's been more about recovery. But what happens is this entire week, uh, communities and cities and states all around the country, I'm talking several hundred do thousands of media interviews. They have uh, events planned for local leaders. They have parades. They do all sorts of things. It generates millions and millions of impressions about the importance of travel and tourism in uh, our communities and all around the country. Yeah, certainly needed in in this time. Obviously, the last two years were quite different, but, you know, we're progressing forward and moving forward, which is, you know, what the industry needs. So a lot of excitement this week. So uh, just uh, big picture-wise, uh, how is the forecast looking in U.S. travel? Where do things stand right now in the state of U.S. travel and tourism? Well, the forecast is, is looking good. Uh, if you look at it, the past two years, we lost like $750 billion. And May, two years ago, of the 17 million people that work in our industry, 8 million were unemployed. So it was worse than that, by far than the Great Depression. 
Now, looking forward, things seem to be going in the right direction. The first thing that is great is domestic leisure travel has really been the darling of the industry. Domestic leisure travel is over $750 billion. And believe it or not, it's 4% higher this year uh, than it was uh, in 2019. So domestic leisure is back and people are going outdoors, they're going to cities, they're going to mountains, national parks. The challenge we have is business travel and international. When you think of business travel, that's down 56%. And that's the people that you know travel around and do deals or go to meetings and conventions and international is down 78%. And that's $250 billion to our economy as international. The looking forward, uh, the good news is we do lots of research and uh, 85% of Americans plan to travel this summer. So it, it should be a very vibrant summer from a leisure standpoint. And we're beginning to see the meetings start to come back. Uh, more and more people are going to get together face-to-face, which is so critical. So I predict the 2022 is going to be a good year, not a great year. And I think 2023 will be a great year, although our uh, economists are saying it won't come back till 2024. I think they're wrong. Hey, I'm right there with you. I, I've been thinking that too, just from what I hear from travel advisors out there of, of talks of... Um, you know, looking forward into the industry. But yeah, I would love, you know, for both of us to be right there and uh, get uh, yeah. higher higher numbers than uh, and, and expected um, throughout the uh, travel industry here. So destination-wise, though, uh, what's hot, what's not? Which places are kind of uh, taking a little longer to bounce back? And wh- which places do you think we're going to see a really big summer sure. tourism push? What's hot is uh, the all the outdoor uh, locations from Colorado to South Dakota to Wyoming to North Dakota, places like that have done very well. Florida, off the charts, uh, just best year, record year in Florida, all over the place because a lot of the policies and protocols they had. Texas, strong. California coming back, but it lost so much. New York and a lot of the inner cities are the problem uh, because they depend so much on the meetings and convention business. So you look at the New Yorks, the Washington DCs, the Chicagos, they're having a little bit harder time coming back because of so much dependency on meetings and conventions. They will come back, but right now, if you want the hot areas, it's the Carolinas, Florida, uh, New Orleans uh, is having record year, Texas and and, uh, the outdoor areas. Great. Yeah. The national parks are are definitely high on a lot of people's lists. Uh, You know, that was a a big push, you know, in 2020 and 21, and it's still maintaining a a strong trend here as we, you know, enter into the uh, summer season for 2022. Uh, You mentioned, um, you know, meetings and events and stuff and and business travel. Do you think business travel um, is kind of like forever changed? Or you think maybe, you know, once we kind of look beyond this pandemic and it's in the rearview mirror, so to speak, it'll get kind of back to where it was? I think it's different. And I think it will come back to where it was. I reflect on after September 11th, uh, people said that no one would travel overseas or travel for business globally, and that proved to be totally wrong. After 2008 recession, again, the headlines were 25% of hotels never to open again, traveled just down, and followed by 10 years of every single month being bigger than the month before. I do think there's some challenges, some headwinds. One is the uh, the CFOs, the financial directors at companies saying, look, our people haven't traveled for two years and our profits are off the charts. So why do we need them to travel? And then you've got the HR department and the lawyers saying, well, maybe we shouldn't push them to travel. What if someone gets sick and they blame us? So there's some headwinds, but I think what happened in 2008, we'll see again. Companies that get their people on the road, 
will start getting the deals that those that didn't get on the road missed. And uh, then they're going to have to play catch up. Uh, so I think it'll come back. Meetings and conventions, we're seeing some very good signs. You can't get space almost anywhere in the country right now after June. Uh, all the space is full. That's wow. from meetings being pushed uh, to later dates and new meetings coming up. So I think you'll see international, uh, excuse me, uh, group meetings and conventions coming back as people experience them one-on-one. Every time I go away, Eric, is people say to me, how was it? How was it? And I'm going, it was fine. You know, in fact, the only challenge I see is as you go through the airports, the airports are packed right now. And that's just leisure travelers. The challenge when business comes back and meetings and international, it's going to be a nightmare getting through airports, I think. Yeah, definitely going to have to arrive to security uh, lines much sooner than uh, you had to, at least definitely in the last two years. But yeah, but by 2019 standards, uh, in a little bit here, it might be uh, some even crazier lines once that business travel push comes back. And like you said, I mean, you know, the people that are out on the road are probably might get those deals a little bit sooner than people who wait. So, you know, that that uh, meeting face to face and connecting one on one that we haven't been able to do for so long, I think is really important uh, for the industry uh, to continue to uh, recover as well. So I think that is definitely needed. No question about it. And, you know, one of the things we're talking about in National Travel and Tourism Week is really the future of travel, because we've got to look forward and, you know, how much innovation depends on travel and biometrics and uh, changes in how transportation, electronic vehicles, looking at uh, travel being the key to recovery. Uh, nothing happens until someone makes a trip. I don't care whether it's move your company, buy a second home, buy a first home, where your kids are going to go to college. And last is how important travel is to global competitiveness. You know, we've got to be out there or otherwise the world's going to pass us by. Absolutely. Yes. Connecting one-on-one is, is key. So you talk about, you know, the future of travel. That is the big theme for National Travel and Tourism Week. Uh, so what else do you see is in store for the future of U.S. travel? How do you think we'll grow and improve and any uh, the key challenges that lie ahead? Well, I think, uh, as I say, it's going to come back, but there's uh, a couple of headwinds we really have to be concerned about. One is the workforce. You you don't go to a restaurant, you don't go to a hotel, you don't even go to a convention center without them saying help wanted. Yeah. I'm sorry, we can't fill this area of the restaurant uh, because we don't have enough workers. I'm sorry, uh, we're not going to do daily uh, housekeeping because we don't have the workers. So this workforce challenge is critical uh, to us. When you look at it, travel pre-pandemic was 11% of the U.S. workforce. It's now 93% of all the open jobs. There's 1.5 million jobs that aren't or can't be filled in the travel industry. So that's a big challenge. The other challenge, I think it's going to rear its head again, is the whole thing in sustainability. Uh, That's been a little sleepy due to pandemic. But as people come back and travel more, you're going to hear the voice of sustainability. And the industry is doing a lot of really great things from the airlines, the cruise lines, the hotels. But I'm not sure we're talking about it enough. And and I, that old line, if you're not at the table, you're going to be on the menu. So I think from a sustainability standpoint, the industry has to continue to be more sustainable. After all, if we can't protect the national parks and all those places, people aren't going to want to go there anymore. So it's sustainability is critical for our long-term success and, of course, workforce. 
100% agree with you there, Roger. It's uh, so important to be able to just continue to talk about it, too. And we did a, um, a podcast a couple weeks ago, was right around Earth Day, and that was kind of embracing eco-travel and, you know, the big push that the industry can't lose sight of this as we move forward uh, on that, as well as being more inclusive and uh, just having a greater mobility to to get us all around as well. So a lot of key things for the future, but a, a lot of positivity as well. So looking forward to kind of where things go uh, as we move past this pandemic era and onward to, you know, a brighter, better future future in the travel industry. Uh, no question about it. And, you know, when you use the word diversity, and I think that's so important. Uh, a lot of the underemployed are in the diverse communities, and I can't think of an industry that has a better opportunity. I mean, I started as a lifeguard, and I'm not a life. I wish I were a lifeguard. It was the best job I ever had, but I'm not a lifeguard anymore. And there's people start in housekeeping or front desk, and they build great careers. And this is the one industry you can come into, and you don't need an MIT technology degree. If you're a hustle, if you're smart, you've got a great future and uh, and it's a very labor intensive industry. So it's one of the great places for communities and cities to bring back employment. 100% agree. I think we're in a good position to do that and and, and things look really good moving forward. We just got to kind of keep uh, pressing forward and, and, and keep talking about it, as you mentioned, you know, with eco-travel and uh, same with diversity. It needs to be a topic that needs to continue to be discussed in the industry to make sure we're all holding each other accountable on both sides, both, you know, from suppliers industry-wise, from, you know, ourselves in the media here, and also, you know, travel advisors and regular travel consumers, too. So very important stuff. So you, you did mention, you know, you were a lifeguard early job, uh, but now you've been with the U.S. Travel Association for a while, but your uh, time is coming up on that. As most know, you are retiring at the end of July this year. So uh, what are your next steps and uh, maybe what's next for U.S. Travel Association if you can, uh, if you're allowed to, I guess, uh, divulge any of that, if they, any, any timetable on uh, next CEO announcement? Well, Eric, I took this job after 34 years for Marriott. When I started that lifeguard, there were six Marriott hotels and now there's 7,500. Uh, and I joined U.S. Travel in 2005, I thought for five years, and that was 18 years ago. And it's been one of the greatest jobs I've ever had because you get to work with everybody and bring an industry together. But my time has come to get someone else to take the reins and take it to the next level. But a word that someone used at an event I was at recently was not retirement, but rewirement. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna uh, be announcing something probably middle of June of what I'm gonna be doing next but it'll be working on one of the biggest challenges the industry has. And I've got some thoughts on how we can do a better job as an industry. So I'm going to stay very close to the industry. I can't announce it now because my day job is U.S. travel. And I'm going to stick with that until July when I uh, turn over the reins to someone who's going to take it to the next level. But you'll be hearing from me a lot more in the future. Hey, that's great. I love the little tease there. So I appreciate, you know, a, a little bit of uh, of. Uh, insight there on what's next for you. I know you can't quite divulge everything. Uh, so it is May second now. So you know, we're, time yeah. is coming up, which is which is crazy. That's already May. You know, we're uh, third of the way through the month. It's just uh, or the year, excuse me. So twenty twenty two flying by. So thank you for taking the time, Roger. Any uh, final advice uh, for our travel listeners out there you'd like to pass on? Uh, my advice is if you're planning on travel, book it now. Airfares are going to go up significantly because of fuel prices. Uh, hotel prices are going to go up because of lack of capacity. So I'm telling you, book it now, especially since there's so many very flexible cancellation and change things that weren't there two years ago. Definitely. Absolutely needed that for uh, the industry. If you're going to, if you're thinking about it, don't, don't waste time because summer is booking up fast. And before you know it, fall and winter and holiday season are going to be right around, right here too. So thank you again, Roger. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. You too, Eric. Thanks for all you do to communicate everything about this industry. Thank you.
Very kind words from Roger there. I really appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to talk travel and U.S. tourism with me. So that wraps up this week's show. If you have any thoughts or comments, podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Reach out if you'd like to be on the show in the future. Uh, tell me what you're all about, and we can see if you can work something in. Or if you'd like to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, you can do that as well. So that is all we have for this week. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great week. <laughs>